Welcome to Keep Showing Up, the podcast about engaging in life and good ways to think in order to create the life of your own design. In today's episode, we examine the difference between feelings and facts. More specifically, the idea of it's a feeling, not a fact, can be a useful tool in managing your feelings and even your reality. Around the 30-minute mark, Ed and I get into a fun brotherly exchange. It's a little off-topic, but I think you'll enjoy it. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. This is episode five. You're here with myself, Greg Gabus. I'm here with my panel, and they are to here with me now is... Valerie. I've got Valerie, and we've got Skyping in two other folks. I've got my brother. Edward. Edward Gavis and a co-worker and a good friend of mine. Justice. Justice Winslick. So that's the, the four of us. And real quick, the reason we're doing this is uh, these are some three smart cats in my life who've helped me figure my stuff out as I've grown. And they've got great views on life, some great ideas. And I think we have all a different perspective to help our listeners kind of get their head wrapped around some stuff. And for this episode, episode five, the idea uh, is it's a feeling, not a fact. It's a feeling, not a fact. And where that came from, a real quick, where it came from on my side is as I was going through some stuff and getting my head right, uh, you know, mom was there to help me through it. And she would say to me, it's a feeling, not a fact. And what she meant by that is, hey, Greg, you're feeling a certain way right now. Just because you're feeling a certain way right now, number one, that feeling isn't necessarily based on anything true or truthful. It's your perception of some things that have happened that causes a belief and makes you feel a way. And you're interpreting that feeling in a certain way. That's a whole lot of stuff to say. So mom would just say, it's a feeling, not a fact. And that would help me get my mind back into place. And one could just make the case that it's a fact that I feel that way. It sure. Is. If I'm stating that it's a fact, then in my mind it's a fact that I feel that way. Right. But... Feelings are temporary. Facts tend to be a little bit more long-term. Generally speaking, absolutely. Feelings are temporary. Facts tend to be more long-term. Some facts can change. Right. That's why yes. I didn't say. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's an absolute. Right. Absolutely. Right. 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 No absolutes. Right. I mean, it's a fact that the sun is out there so far away. That fact varies a little bit different by our orbit around the sun and so on, just to kind of go there. Uh, so for me personally... The why I want to share with other with the folks listening and when I want to hear what everybody else has to say is when it comes to it's a feeling, not a fact, what's important to me is to know when I'm feeling a way, as we say down here in the South, I'm feeling a way, and to take that time and take that moment, like we talked about in a previous episode, to understand it. Why do I feel that way? Because it's a feeling, not a fact. And it gives me some spot or space in there to say, how do I want to feel? That's a powerful thing to stop and say, how do I want to feel? And if you can do that, that's going to help. Or at least understand, yes, I'm angry now, and this is why. And if I can understand why, I can start taking steps to manage how I feel and manage my behavior, because I don't want to feel angry. I don't like that feeling. And when I act when I'm angry, it usually doesn't go well. I've yet to have an instance where my acting in anger worked for me. I don't know about anybody else. But it hasn't. So these are like some breaks on my life of it's a feeling, not a fact. And it's a good way for me to get through it and keep in mind that I've got some agency in my life. So guys, so folks, I'm going to just open it out there. Who wants to jump in next on how does it's a feeling, not a fact relate to them? 
for me, one thing that pops up is uh, our discussion we had in the episode on challenging authority um, from a personal level. You know, when you have a problem with something or someone in a situation acting on that feeling, uh, we talked about that a little bit about kind of where that can get you. Because of the situation, if you want to go challenge your boss or challenge, you know, someone that you know uh, in something, you know, in, in some authoritarian role, acting on that feeling can get you in some trouble. And when we talk about that again, uh, to me, that just that comes up because your initial impulses, your initial thoughts that are going through your head, those are probably just a feeling. And those can be quite fleeting, you know, as you were just discussing that. Typically, facts are around longer than just a feeling. For me, it just, I think it's worthwhile uh, giving some thought, kind of, you know, just ruminating on that, on what you feel and what is fact, and really being able to differentiate between the two. Because, as you said, acting in anger can get you in a lot of trouble. But acting on facts, typically, is just a more solid way to approach things. So that's just kind of what pops in my head, and, you know, in the, as we kind of begin to open this up. And I think that's a good way to put it, too. The feeling, it doesn't last. Facts generally last longer. Uh, it gives you that, that place to operate from. Because really, this podcast is keep showing up. And it's the idea of showing up and how to think when I'm there for uh, to build a life of my choosing. And if you just respond to your feeling, what's going to happen? Do you own a life that responds to feeling? That brings me back to, what was it, change your mind, change your life, mm-hmm. when I was sort of struggling with that concept a little bit. I'm a feeler, so everything feels like a feeling to me. You know, I'm intuitive. I say things like, eh, this just doesn't feel right. Or, you know, like even yep. when I'm thinking and using logic, it feels like a feeling to me. For me, the it's a feeling, not a fact that helps me remember that there is a difference between feeling and thought, even when it's really hard to differentiate the two. So I've, I've had to work really hard at differentiating. And that's a good point, too, because uh, that, that helps me think about. And listeners, we're not trying to tell you, ignore your feelings and operate in fact no, alone. No, intuition has saved me a million and five times. You got it. Intuition is a thing that works. It's real. What we're offering here is if all you do is respond to feelings, do you own that life? And chances are you don't. I'm not saying not to feel. I'm not saying that your feelings are bad. In fact, your feelings are just your feelings. They are just your feelings. They are neither good nor bad. They are just the feelings that you have. And we'll come back around to that in a second because Val, you make a good point of sometimes it's hard to separate mm-hmm. feeling from what fact seems to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, it just... I guess what I'm trying to say, just to clarify what I mean, is the fact versus opinion. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important for you to stop and question yourself. Is this just my opinion or is this a fact? And if it's a feeling, i.e. opinion, and not a fact, then you have choices on how to behave or react. Yeah, absolutely. And from what you tell me, your experience with feelings are so intense and so connected Sometimes in the moment, the feeling can't be separated from the mm-hmm. fact. So it feels like a fact at the time. Right. I have so, to sit with it and get to know it well enough to separate it out. So, listeners, that's why the four of us are here, because, Ed, it's your turn. 
tell us more about your take on it's a feeling, not a fact. Well, in my experience, Val and I are very similar in that way. That we're, we're feelers and feed of, all, of intuition. Many times in the past, I would make a lot of my decisions based off feeling alone, simply because more times than not, that just because I fed off the energy that was in the room or you know, whatever the situation was, my intuition was pretty reliable. Now, what got me into trouble was the times where I would assume my feeling was correct, and then it would turn out, once the facts came to light, that I was completely dead wrong. That's very dangerous because I think my intuition has helped me so many times just from gut instinct, from the feeling I get walking into a situation from the moment I got there. But it has also held me back because I made wrong assumptions based on that feeling before I was able to actually gather all the facts of what was going on at the time. Be a relationship or a job situation, just social activities, so many different things. I, I can I agree with that completely. Yeah, right. So, right. So, so many people out there operate that way too, because intuition works well often enough that you don't die, right? That your life generally works when you just operate on intuition. I mean, it's a built-in thing that works for a reason. It it operates on most of the facts most of the time, right. and that's good enough most of the time. It's when you come to that point where I'm in a not most of the time position, which can have an outside con- outsized consequence too. That's another thing, and we'll come back to that part. Yeah, I agree. I agree because your brain just automatically thinks, well, I felt this way before, and I was right all those other times. Why, why should I be wrong this time? Sometimes it's going to turn out you, you're dead wrong. You got it. That's another piece to the it's a feeling, not a fact, is where do the feelings come from? The feelings, those are subconscious responses to the data being taken into your brain. Uh, the research shows that the senses, they send the information to your amygdala and your thalamus, mm-hmm. bypassing your consciousness. It's only until a moment later that your consciousness comes in place. So you've programmed your intuition to say, after all this many instances of experiencing this, it feels this way, I'm going to operate that way. And sometimes that doesn't work. And we're really talking about that. Yeah, that 80%, it works. That's fine. Now it's like, well, that 20% of your life, that's where the real stuff happens. It's, as you often say to me, the what got you here won't get you there. What got me here was learning to understand that even though my feelings, my intuition, are often very accurate because I grew up in dysfunction and lived in dysfunction for a big part of my life, I've now realized that some of my feelings are not accurate because they're triggered. You know, does that make sense? Like a similar kind kind of like a, well, complex PTSD, right? Right. Right, and, and that's a real thing too. So, folks listening out there, how our feelings operate in us is a thing. That feeling comes over you, and you get your nervous system becomes in a state. And remember, folks, your nervous system isn't just your brain. You you have ner- nerves wired throughout your body, wired throughout your body. So, a feeling, an emotion, is a brain state, a neurological state. Your whole body is your nervous system. It's a body state. That's a real thing that your body is in a state. It's right. What I've learned now is when I start feeling what I used to always identify as anxiety, which meant get out of the situation, right? Now I've discovered that sometimes my anxiety 
it's literally just the physiological change, right? And then I have to go, okay, so I'm excited about this. I, I almost rename the feelings sometimes. You know, right. instead of saying, I'm stressed out, I'll say, no, I'm excited. <laughs> you know, looking yes. forward to it. And that's the real thing, because physiologically speaking, there's little difference between excitement and anxiety. Absolutely. It's very similar chemistry going on. It's how you interpret that chemistry. I mean, we've had a couple instances where something happened in our house together, and you started feeling a way about it. Mm -hmm. And here's where it's a feeling, not a fact, is you felt a way about it based on previous experience that had nothing to do with me. So you're body, your nervous system went into a state getting ready to respond to that and it never happened. So in your mind, this feeling was part of your facts of the situation, right? We dealt with that a couple yeah, times. Absolutely. And as we understand, and this is where mom blessed me by teaching me, it's a feeling, not a fact. It's, this was huge is when I recognize that it's like, okay, Val's feeling away. It's a feeling, not a fact. So I can one, take myself out of that. It's not personal. Because these feelings come from so many places and so much data in your life. So you bring up a good point. The It's a feeling, not a fact. Remembering that is also a good thing to in communicating with other people. It's not just about in, in intra-personal, interpersonal communication. Like to remember that when somebody's mad at you, that's just their feeling. It might not be a fact. They might not have factual reasons to be angry, but the feeling is there. Right. And so it can kind of help you to not take things personally sometimes. Yes, exactly. Not take it personally as often as you can. As not often take as it, you right? 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 Because right. their feelings are not facts. And you don't even know where they come from. Heck, sometimes you don't even know where your own feelings come from, let alone trying to figure out where somebody else's feelings come from. That's why this was kind of touched in my brain as we reflected back on what we've talked about so far and that challenge authority. Challenge your own authority on, on some of this stuff. Amen. Who decided this? Did you decide this? Did somebody else decide that? Were they right at the time? Is this still the same thing? Where are you still right about it? I mean, we, we'll, we'll go back in, to that in a minute. So, Justice, I want to kind of bring it back around to you because you've, you've heard these pieces now. Kind of put them together in the way you see it, the pieces that we've come to talk about so far. So for me, one thing out of all that just now that really stuck with me is talking about how you're raised and how that relates to your feelings. Because as, as you said, Greg, that... You know, you might not even know where your feelings are coming from, and it might have something to do with an experience you had when, you know, you were young and the way you were raised. And definitely worthwhile to give some thought to why do I think this? Why do I feel this way? Why does my body react this way to these situations? I feel like there's a lot of merit in spending time in that because a lot of times maybe there's no real, you know, worthwhile reason for feeling that way. And maybe recognizing that can change it, whether it's, you know, a first impression of someone. You don't like that person from a first impression. Well, why do I not like this person? Maybe it's based on a feeling that they've somehow triggered that's from some other situation. Doesn't mean it's facts. You know, all these preconceived notions you might have about this person based on feelings that you're having for some reason because of experiences you've went through. Maybe there's no merit to that. And, and that's one thing I was just really sitting here thinking about because I feel like a lot of our feelings, there's... There's a reason that we experience those. Spending some time linking those back to, uh, you know, trying to, to track them down to why you feel that way. I think that's definitely something that we can all benefit from, you know, really exploring that about ourselves. It's a good point. And as you're telling me that, 
what also connected in my mind is folks listening is know that there are some universal experiences. So that's how an intuition works too, is because, well, generally speaking, the people in my environment who have been through things are going to feel similar way. I know, Justice, you and I talked not so long ago about you had uh, you went to lunch with somebody and it turned out to be a thing. After hearing you describe that story, it's like, hey, that's that story is a lot like what some other folks go through dealing with this personality type. And that kind mm-hmm. of stuck with me of, again, feelings, not facts, and your ability in that situation to, you've done some of that work already of separating the feeling from the fact and making some of your own choices. You also said that there are reasons people feel a way. Take that on another level, one more level on that. What does that mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly what that next level is. Ed, what do you think? I think what's coming out through this discussion a lot is we base current feelings off of past experience. It's very difficult to remember that just because a person or a situation instantly takes us back to a, a different situation and back to that feeling, that it's not exactly going to be the same. You have to take each person and each situation for itself and not just make assumptions based on past history. Now, past history may give you a, a good intuition of what the situation is and many times will lead you down the right path to a better understanding of what's going on. But you still have to leave that option open that until you have actual facts based on the current situation, can't make a firm decision based solely on the past experience just because the two things are similar. Let's let's kind of even unpack that one more step in the sense that, well, why does a human brain even use that as a tool? Because it's a tool. And some things to remember, folks listening, and this re- relates to the, the keep showing up part. Your brain is kind of lazy. It likes to find the, the quick answer, test it out, file that away as this is an answer, and then go on to the next thing. Because as you grow, you don't have to be constantly figuring out the same small thing every single time. Our brain takes shortcuts. Right. Our brain takes shortcuts. They're heuristics. They're built in. That's how we're wired. It kept our caveman ancestors alive. It keeps our culture intact. It keeps us together. It's a natural, normal thing that keeps you alive. So know that this is normal for you to feel a way and respond to it to keep yourself alive. The reasons those happen are part of its cultural, part of its family. It's you're taught the things. You're acculturated into your culture by being taught what the values are. You're taught at an age where that gets internalized deeply and strongly in that neural network to keep you alive. So the reasons this happens, there's levels here. First, there's the first level of what you were taught as a child. That tends to stick. And unless you go back and revisit it consciously, you're just going to get what you're going to get. And that's part of the two, Justice, why I kind of connected that You've made some conscious choices and you reflected back on some of the things that happened in childhood and you made a different choice other than what people were telling you. The reasons people feel the way they feel are it's natural, normal for you to program this way and it's done by the people close to us without our input, Mm -hmm. without their consulting with us and how we want to feel. And if you don't go back and evaluate those feelings for yourself with current data to say, does this fit the situation now or not? And it's it's a constant thing. Yeah, it sticks with me. We were watching Lisa uh, Leah Leah Rimini, and she's what like a cult survivor. I don't know what else to my, call she it. used to be <laughs> a member of the Church of Scientology. And now she has identified it 
as a cult. But one of the quotes that stuck with me, she said, now, anytime she starts feeling a certain way or when she has a reaction, she said she stops herself and asks herself, do you really believe that? And why do you believe that? You know, because she said she's really having a hard time differentiating because so much of the stuff she believed as a Scientologist just became ingrained into every part of her life. So she literally is, you know, questioning everything. On the, it's a feeling, not a fact. Kind of to sum up where we've gotten so far is: remember, folks, this is a normal thing. It came from a place. Feelings help you operate in the world. And if you just operate on feelings, most of the time it works out. But you might find yourself in a position where, oh crap, my feeling didn't work because that was a feeling and not a fact, and it, uh, I did not understand it to be. And when we come from that place, we know that that gives us that space to make that choice. We can make a choice about how we feel. Now, some of my listeners, our listeners, are going to say, yeah, right, Greg, how do I choose how I feel? And maybe even Val might be thinking, how do I choose how I feel? Because feelings seem so natural. I can't equip you with the ability to choose today, but I can give you the idea, we can give you the idea that at least you can. Because we have four people here who think differently, who feel differently, have come to the understanding that it's a feeling, not a fact. And you have that opportunity to evaluate your feelings and decide for yourself what those feelings mean. When I say I'm angry or a- anxious or excited, all I'm doing is that's the point where I'm declaring a fact and bring, creating reality based on my interpretation of the way things are. That's when a feeling becomes the fact, and that can be whatever you want it to be. My experience, the first time I ever, I used it's a feeling, not a fact in a different context, but it was in working with students who are dealing with anxiety. Because when you have a panic attack, you feel like you are dying, you know, and that's how you have to work your way out of an anxiety attack. Because you have to recognize, you know, it's like, I can't breathe. Yes, you can breathe. Yet, you know, it's it's a feeling, not a fact. So that's how I actually came across that. So that's why I'm very open to it's a feeling, not a fact. Now it's like, OK, so I learned how to do that. Coach myself through a panic attack. I've learned how to help other people coach themselves through a panic attack. Now I want to figure out how to choose my feelings. There you go. Right. I want to choose how I feel yes. about stuff. And, and a pro tip for the listeners: if you want to get started on that journey, uh, check into cognitive behavioral therapy (CBT). Cognitive behavioral therapy. To sum up what that does, short story. And if you're a practitioner of this, I'm just giving them a real short story. This is not the science. It's In cognitive behavioral therapy, you use your cognition, your cognitive mind, to examine situations outside of them. You're practicing how you're going to be before you get in the situation. So, hey, I'm anxious when I fly. Cognitive behavioral therapy is, okay, visualize yourself going to the airport. How do you feel? Well, how do you want to feel? What would you tell yourself? Get that vivid image of you doing the activity and decide now how you're going to feel and practice visualizing that with the emotion on it. That's the kind of the short story. But if you do that, folks, that's that basic thing. That's how you start choosing how you feel. And it becomes a skill, too. The more you practice that on your own, it becomes a, a skill that just happens faster. Again, short story, more to it than that. If you really want to make headway with this, having a professional walk you through it, that's best. Helps with all kinds of things. It's a good thing for PTSD. The data showing that... CBT is good for PTSD. 
Well, and if, if anybody listening has questions about wanting to know more about that, too, um, they could respond to this, yeah. and we can connect them with some resources. Yeah, absolutely. Um, more books to study or yeah, websites to check out, that, that, you know, because that's what I've been working on since I was 23 years old. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, and I guess, I mean, it's a feeling, not a fact, is the basic premise of cognitive behavioral therapy, because that's just how you feel, dude. Mm-hmm. It's not a fact. It's how you feel. So with that in mind, I think the other side of this conversation is the dealing with other people. Knowing, I know it helps me when I know that's their feeling, that doesn't make it a fact. fact. Right, it doesn't make it my fact, so I can choose that that part. What do you all have to say about using this idea relating with other people? So I know in a lot of work situations, I'll go and people will tell me, oh, these things, we'll use the word suck. Or, you know, this place doesn't do this or that right. A lot of times I've found that that's their personal feeling of the situation. And when I, I, I do my very best not to take, no, I do take that into account that that may be true and kind of keep my eyes open for the things that they mention. But I also like to put myself, um, as we mentioned in the past, in the employer's situation, shoes of the situation to see their side of things. And why things may be the situation they are that they are. So I think this is a case on this topic, as with the others, is you've got to take time to put yourself in other people's shoes to see their point of view, to really get a true understanding of the situation as a whole. And just because someone, people around you express a certain feeling doesn't mean that's a fact of how it is. They just may not have the same understanding of the situation that you might have. And so with that in mind, when somebody comes to you and says, this stuff is no good, what's your response to that? Typically, my first question is, why do you think so? To get an understanding of what what they're basing their opinion off of. And then more times than not, I'll say, well, have you looked at it? I do this more now that I've had a little more practice at it, is, well, have you looked at it from this perspective? Or are you taking this factor into account? Are you actually really evaluating the entire situation as a whole, or are you just taking it off of certain pieces of it? Right. And uh, another thing that I picked up, too, is right, wrong, good, bad. If you want to exist in those binaries, those dichotomies, those places, you can do that if you want to, and it may be necessary. I don't know. Living in good, bad, right, and wrong, that's a tough place to be. I would agree with that completely. Yeah, I like to think helpful, not helpful. That's the way I like to think about it. It's still an element of, of that, but at least I'm using it to say helpful, not helpful, less judgmental. It, it works for me, and, and that's a good thing. It's a feeling, not a fact, tying that around, and the keep showing up is I'm existing in places doing stuff, and I'm dealing with my feelings and other people's feelings. And, folks, the short story on that one is if you think you are logical and emotion second, that's the, the evidence doesn't bear that out. There's so much data, so much evidence to show that humans are emotional responders first. You make an emotional choice, and then you use reason and logic after the fact. You might be good at it, and it might be fast, but the data clearly supports this this premise. So that's why we're coming from this, it's a feeling, not a fact, in how you respond to other people. That gives you the opportunity to manage that. If you can get away from good-bad conversations, you're going to make a difference in the people around you. If you can get away from good-bad, right-wrong. I've witnessed it myself. Oh, absolutely. And that comes back to, because just because you feel that way, doesn't make it that way. 
I would agree with that as well. That's why I've worked very hard to, when I speak about something, I say, this is how I see it instead of this is how it is. Preface that with, this is my, my viewpoint. This is my personal opinion of, of the situation based on what I see and not that a cold hard, this is what it is. I may not have all the information and I'm just stating what I know up to that point. Right. And dude, you don't have all the information. No. Nobody has all the information. Right. Yeah. And so, Justice, what were you going to add to this? So, so mine kind of relates to what I was just saying. And uh, it has to do with, with absolutes. Uh, you know, you like in personal relationships, especially, I can know my wife and I, and I've heard of other people in relationships like that, uh, you know, simple arguments turn into you never do this or you always do this. People are quick to jump to those absolutes. It's easy when when someone is angry and they're saying these things for you to also respond emotionally you know, off your feelings, knowing that they are having these reactions based on feelings, saying these things based on feelings, knowing that they don't actually think that you never do this, always do that. You're you know whatever they may be saying, you know, can really save you a lot of headache because instead of taking that to heart, thinking, oh well, they actually believe this or they actually yeah, well believe this to be a fact knowing that they that's just a feeling that's just their their knee-jerk reaction uh, can really save a lot of headache can save a lot of time uh, ed was saying you know by questioning well why do you feel this way why would you say that you can really dig into some of those those deeper levels on a much quicker yeah right save headache heartache backache stomachache <laughs> A lot of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you make a great point, too. And we just talked about, and I just talked about this yesterday, and it's something that I learned. It's using I statements. Instead of you always, you never, it's I feel this way when. Mm-hmm. Yes. Practice those. You know, to the, if, if any of the folks who are uh, from my life in previous eras, and I wasn't doing that, man, I just asked your forgiveness because I didn't know. Once I learned, I took it to heart because... I saw what the you nevers you always did, and I got called on it, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to learn to do it differently. What I, I wanted to build on something Justice said about, because I've always thought about how I can fix my communication style, so I got rid of the always and the never and use I statements, but I love that you said that you keep that in mind. So in other words, if the other person that you're communicating with says, well, you always blah, 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 or you never. When I used to teach communications, you know, you talk about there's a sender and a receiver. It doesn't, you can still be the best receiver of communication. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't control the sender, but we can control how we receive it. I just, I, I don't know. I just thought that was really important to think about that, that, we can't change other people's communication style, but we absolutely can bring that information with us when we walk into a situation. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was really good. Yeah. I think that, so you made a great point there, Greg, about saying, well, you know, people in the past who might remember things that we've done differently and may not have approached it with the same attitude. Um, I, I would also just like to echo that. I do apologize if I, didn't handle things correctly at those times. Uh, but if you didn't, dude, come on. <laughs> don't qualify this. Times. That's wrong. <laughs> there were times just, that I did no, not just... handle things correctly. Right. You were a dick. I was a dick. You were yeah, a jerk I, face. Exactly. 
little brother. And because you're a human being, just like I am, like I was. You also sound like a little brother. Right? Well, no, I, I might sound like a little brother, but dude, one thing I've learned, one thing I've learned is don't qualifying your apology is BS, man. If I no, you're apologizing because you did, or just shut up. Okay, yeah. You're exactly right on that. So there were situations that I did not handle well and made bad choices on bad reasoning. I hope those people understand that I did learn from that, and I do truly feel sorry for those things, and that I have worked very hard to learn from those mistakes and make choices to do, make better decisions uh, in the present and in the future. All right. And I know I kind of jumped on that, Ed. You were, you were un, kind of out of nowhere. But when I look around, and we're going to talk about this here in a bit in our next episode, about creating a reality. There's some stuff happening in our culture right now. There's always stuff happening in our culture. Today's no necessarily better or worse than any other day in our culture. But there's some stuff happening in our culture right now that I don't think is helpful, that I don't think creates a good conversation. I don't think we're teaching people some good stuff. And one of those things that kind of underlies it all is the, I'm sorry if I hurt you. I'm not sorry. I don't evaluate my behavior and rethink it. It's, I'm sorry if me being a jerk caused you pain. So it's part of me, and I trust you, Ed, and I love you. And I know that you're going to accept my aggressiveness more than somebody else. (laughs) Uh, So I took that opportunity to kind of create this reality of, you know, Let's, Own your stuff. Yeah, let's let's have real apologies, yeah. not qualification. Well, I I see your point, and I I think maybe you misconstrued my if is in being well. If what I did hurt you, I'm sorry. It was more like if you are one of those people that were hurt that I hurt, <laughs> <laughs> then I'm sorry for that. But if you're not, then cool. <laughs> Our language matters. Yeah. So good. Little 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 brotherly tangent there, but I think that was no, fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, but I think it just also reminds me too, like um, one of the things in in the communication curriculum that I used was never say you're sorry, say I was wrong. That's a good way to think about and it too. So think, yeah, because yeah, if you really need to apologize to someone if you've genuinely done something, it's best to open with I was wrong to say you never put dishes in the dishwasher. You absolutely put the dishes in the dishwasher just last night, as a matter of fact. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah, I, I, that's a good that's point. That's excellent but point. About, yeah. I, but, right, and then say, but when I, come ho- and when I come home from work and I see dirty dishes in the sink, I feel as if I'm the only one who does the dishes in the house. Yes. That kind of thing. Like, then turn it around to the I statement. Right, and that's interesting because as you say that I statement, you're going to kind of parse that yourself and realize, yeah. well, that's not a fact. So it's a feeling, not a fact. And to kind of sum all this up is that, again, feeling, not a fact. We feel ways for reasons. We dug into that this episode. And you're a human being, and those reasons existed. It's in interpreting feelings as facts that we get stuck into something. So just know your feelings are your feelings. Facts are different things. There's a space, and we've talked about it in other episodes, where you can respond to your feelings and question it and decide how you want to feel. And there are ways to move forward from there. Uh, We've kind of talked about those. And also in dealing with other people. They're coming from a place of feeling Mm -hmm. and not necessarily a fact. And when that happens, it's helpful for you to realize that and kind of not take it personally, 
understand. Empathy is a big deal. Empathy Give is people a deal. the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Benefit of the doubt, man. I tell you what. My life, my life is much easier when I get the benefit of the doubt. I'm a human being, and I might misjudge it, and I might end up paying for that later because I was wrong. But most of the time, it works that I'm willing to do it. So any other final thoughts on it's a feeling, not a fact? A lot of head shaking. People can't people can't hear the head shaking. So I, I think I've covered on. everything I've had to say on the subject. Uh, I guess my final thought on it is it's great to be a part of a group of folks who've taken the time to think about this, who've practiced some things. Some of us are a little bit older and screwed it up a lot. A lot. A lot, right? And we were blessed to learn. And some of us might be a bit younger but have been blessed to have some opportunities to to teach themselves. He's talking about you, Justice. You're the <laughs> I've still got yes. time to mess things up. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Right. But that's right. why you're our hero, because you already know at 25 <laughs> what it took some of us here yeah. 25 years to learn yeah. to even get close to uh, it. Half the time I have. So that's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. 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 You have your own garbage storm coming dumpster fire going to happen oh, yeah. who knows what life is going to bring you but i'm going to tell you one thing based on because i've worked with justice for is it two years now or yeah two years in February. It's, it's it's real that justice has already uses some stuff in life now at a young age that is going to make a difference not just in his life but in the life of people around him too and he's not the only young person i see doing this y'all can hate on the millennials all you want but I, I work with them. I have relationships with them, and they figured some stuff out. Yeah, we're not all bad. Students. Yeah. No, you're no, not all bad. Not at all. Not at all. all my kids no, are no. under 30, and every one of them has done a much better job this far in life than I did by that age. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And don't, you don't agree with that too emphatically. <laughs> no, no, dude. It's not. It's actually my agreement is less about you and more, more about them. I'm, I'm just kidding. Like how remarkable they are as young people already. It's. Mm-hmm. I'm a very proud father because they all yes. think and behave very well. Yes, yeah, that's, that's that's probably a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah, that's so. sorry. That's no, that's okay. So uh, until next time, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Do we tune into podcasts? Does that still work? I don't Works know. Works for me. For. For all, the, in, yeah, for all the kids out there, we used to have to spin a dial to tune in on a radio. Thanks for listening to our podcast. It's a feeling, not a fact. Use your brain. Connect with your feelings. Make some choices. Uh, keep showing up. Keep showing up and knowing this stuff. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you're able to get something from this episode that you can implement right away. We'd love to hear from you. Check out the show notes for our contact info. Have a great week and keep showing up.